right. Welcome to another take. It's Thursday. So that means uh, Thursdays are when we get to talk to somebody amazing who is doing something different in the world. Um, and Marnie Richman is our guest today. And I'm super excited to talk about her. She just completely popped um, as a person I wanted to talk to very specifically about relationships and really the relationship that you have with your, what is he? He's, I call him my lover. I like lover best, but he's, mm. he's a lot of things actually, but mm. lover is more um, not confined and defined. So I like, I like that. Mm, I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, has, it has a nice effect. <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, I am, I invented my own word for uh, my stepmother, whom I adore, whom I have been trying to think of what else I could call her for literally like 50 years or whatever yeah. it's been. And finally, yeah. it was just my other mother. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Sometimes you find the thing that just matches. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk to you, Marnie, specifically about relationship um, because you guys, I, I guess, like, were, is there a place that you want to start? You know, I think it's always great to start with your fuck ups. <laughs> and I <laughs> Can I say that word? You can. <laughs> okay, yes, you can. <laughs> okay, I'm not bleeped already. Um, yeah, because what I have today is really awesome and phenomenal, and I'm super grateful. And I also had what I would say a lot of pain and struggle in the area of relationship and divorced twice. And I've got three sons, two from first marriage, one from second and um I don't need to go into all the details of those, but relationship was hard for me. It was really, I would say the first one occurred as um, being 52 years old. We're similar in age, Michelle, our kind of generation. It really wasn't popular yet that you actually could consider whether you wanted to get married or not. You just sort of did. It was sort of, and even if you didn't, you felt like you were supposed to because it was the pathway of life that you were meant to take and you were just supposed to fall into it. So looking back, I can say I had no idea that relationship could be an active choice that I could choose to have or not to have one. It's just what you did. So that launched into what, you know, like 15 years or something. And then there were things there that as whatever, again, details don't matter, but jumped straight again into another one which was actually kind of brutal, um, not like physically brutal, well, not like physically abusive brutal, but there was just a lot of gaslighting and just emotional stuff. And I really lost my way, I would say in round two, it was very much, um, I still had the point of view, I had to have a person. Mm. So I had a person, mm. <laughs> except for me, <laughs> I gave up me to have a person. So I, all of that to say, um, every single one of those experiences within those marriages, and even to the dissolving of them and walking away, I have learned things about myself that I wouldn't trade anything for. 
And I think the greatest thing when I finally left round two that I walked away with for the very, very first time in my whole life is that my happiness was a priority. I was a priority. And I no longer believed I had to have a person in order to have it. And mm. I was so very content to be there, stay there, Marnie by herself for the rest of my days on the planet to have me and to have happiness and to not give me up. I think that was the the very biggest thing was I will never, ever, ever, ever give me up for another again. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. So um, what is that? First of all, like, what does that mean to give yourself up for another? Can you say a little bit about that? Yeah. And even that question, there's so many facets to it, you know, because it's, I mean, it's the giving up of having the point of view to begin with that, you know, that whole, these, we love these little romantic Hallmark movies, or I love the, um, the Jerry Maguire movie. Because I do, because I do know you, you are a romantic. I do know this about you. (laughs) And I so love, and I still love that movie. I think it's a great story, but I always, remember the whole theme of this you complete me that I just wanted to punch through the screen and go it's not that you know but so I think the first giving up comes from this idea that we require another person to be complete or that there's things in our lives or energies that we desire or experiences that only come if we have another person so if we function from that point of view and I did for a while then basically you put yourself on the chopping block right from the start because you have to have a person because they're meant to be the thing that completes you or gives you the life that you thought you wanted to have. So there's that. Then I think there's also, even when you get in a relationship and even if it's a good one, like good saying in quotes, but one that works for both of you, that's it, that adds to both of your life. There's the the um i think falling in the habit of the self sacrifice and it can start little i like to run in the morning but my partner doesn't like to run so now i'm not going to run anymore yeah. or and it doesn't mean that sometimes you don't change that um what you used to love to do you don't love to do anymore but it's not that you're giving it up from the per- for the person it just isn't a thing anymore so i think Um, long answer to your question, there can be the really overt way of I must have someone to, oh, well, that's okay. I'll give up that. Yeah, well, I should probably put them first. Oh, well, you know, actually, um, little by little, I say you first, you first, you first, you first, you first, you first. And then all of a sudden there I go, well, shit, here I am again. Yeah. 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 So um, with Bill. Yeah. (laughs) um like from all of that how do you how did you sort of navigate then where you are now with him yeah yeah well can and can I tell you the story of how that came yeah (laughs) please do yeah I could tell you want to say something yes it may be my favorite story um probably as I said to you, I got to the place of really being content with myself and content with my, I was happy and I was happy by myself and I was not looking at all. And I really hadn't concluded, but I really sort of just thought I will 
be by myself. I'm, I don't want to do this marriage thing again. You know, it hasn't really been awesome. So I'm going <laughs> to not do that. <laughs> so I was just enjoying life, blah, blah. I'm driving in the car and I had um, my son, my youngest son, and then who was my stepson from my second marriage, the oldest one. They're both sleeping in the car. I'm driving and I don't even know where this came from. This wasn't like a premeditated anything, but I just, I had this sort of, all right, I actually would be willing to have a person in my life, but mm. only if, only if they contribute to everything in my life being greater and I contribute to everything in their life being greater. There's, it's just a true, like alive, thriving, fun, adventurous, nobody's cutting off any part. If that exists and if that showed up, I would be willing to have that. I'd be willing to receive that. So fast forward four hours. <laughs> <laughs> four hours. Now the, the whole thing took longer to get there, but this really did happen four hours. So Bill was in Houston visiting his friend, Steve. I was in Houston getting ready to be at a class for the weekend. My son, my two, the oldest stepson, youngest son, we had dinner reservations at a place across town. Bill and his friend, Steve, his friend there, Steve has a very particular sushi restaurant that he goes to every Friday. So when Bill's visiting him, they go to the sushi restaurant every Friday. So these two plans were what normally would have existed on a Friday night, our restaurant across town, Bill going to sushi. Well, Bill's friend, Steve says, Hey, there's this new place called North Italia. I think we should have made us a reservation. I think we should go there. <laughs> and then my youngest son, Aaron says, I don't really want to go to dinner, mom. I want to stay in the room. Is it okay if I stay in the room? And he was old enough that I felt okay leaving him for a little, but I wasn't going to go across town. So <laughs> I said, fine, cancel my reservation. North Italia is right across the road. <laughs> so, so oldest stepson and I go to North Italia the restaurant's packed. We don't have a reservation. Two spots at the bar. We sit down. Bar's packed. Then two spots next to me, people get up. And so Bill and his friend, Steve, who of course I don't know at this time, come and sit down. And I'm not paying any attention. I'm whatever. And I get this sort of, I call it a ping. It's like a poll. It was like, remember what you just asked for? Match, match. And I, so I look over and like, okay. So like, well, there's a ping. I mean, what do I say? Like, how do I start a conversation? So he had on an Apple watch. So I asked him about his Apple watch. And anyway, we literally talked for maybe 10 minutes. Then they got their table and went to the table. We did a quick exchange of phone numbers. We were meant to go out and get a drink the next night. And it was, well, there were work things going on and I was so tired. I can't even, it was, and I was a little like, huh, universe, I got the ping. I can't go. I can't like I, I just body said no. So I have learned, which is a whole other story. <laughs> After lots of knocks on the head to listen to when your body pings with something. So I um I texted and said, Hey, sorry, are you here tomorrow? Nope, leaving. Okay, cool. Well, you know, if it if it happens, whatever, where we meet up. Um Making a long story longer, I lived in Colorado. His um, friend and business partner had a condo and steamboat, which wasn't far from me. So then there was going to be a January trip and maybe we were going to meet up then. And then I didn't hear from him then. So we didn't even really for the next four months really talk. I'd send a happy new year's, hope everything's fine. Like total superficial. After the January steamboat trip didn't happen, I just texted, I said, hey, it was really nice meeting you. And kind of looks like maybe our paths aren't going to cross. So I was basically kind of tapping out, mm -hmm. not from a whatever, but 
it was an interesting process, all of it. And thank you for listening to my story. Yeah. Um, it was because there was the ask and receive show up in four hours. And then there was the not going to conclusion. Oh, well, I asked and this showed up. So now I must make this happen. It was very much a, oh, my, I can't go tonight. Body says go to sleep. I'm going to sleep. And oh, the steamboat trip didn't happen. Okay, maybe it's not going to happen. And I did one final ping. I said, hey, I'm going to be back in Houston, February 1st or 2nd, I think. Any chance you're visiting your friend to which he said, no, I won't be there. And, and that was the final, okay, just going to let this one go. And then I remember very distinctly the moment sitting at my computer at the dining room table working and I get a text and I see his name and I see the little thing that says actually, and I'm like, oh, he's going to be in Houston. <laughs> so it was, and I paused again and I went, huh, interesting. Cause I had totally let it go. Like totally let it go. And it was within a day or two ping. And uh, yeah. And, it, and this time, cause first he had said drinks, he said, and I'm up for dinner or whatever. So we ended up going out for dinner and then we went out for dinner two nights later and then we both went our separate ways. But that was the beginning of um, something that I didn't know existed on the planet. Didn't know, hadn't, I'd seen glimpses of it some places, but not really. And when I say something I didn't know existed, some of our very beginning conversations were um, things like me before you and not me against you or me over you but we both very much were coming from same places. He had a similar, he just gotten to the place of, I am so happy. I went, he went through a divorce. I'm so happy and I'm so content to be by myself. And the me before you was the only way this actually works is if you choose for you 100% of the time and I choose for me 100% of the time. And that doesn't mean that there might be something that I go, hey, this really is important to me. Is there a way that it can be a win-win for both of us? Mm -hmm. And when you're willing to ask and not from a demand that somebody needs to give something up, you, you find if you're willing to ask and then be with it, always something shows up where it can be a win-win. And I say always, like always, always, always. And that is a weird point of view that you don't actually have to sacrifice a relationship, that you don't actually have to compromise in relationship. Um, and I personal point of view, sacrifice and compromise as nice as it sounds. We're being considerate of the other. Oh, uh, we know how to, you know, be givers and not takers. And it sounds all nice and awesome. And actually it depletes us. And then we don't show up as we yeah. actually showed up in the beginning. Yeah, totally. Wow, that is that's a really great story. I don't know that I ever heard the whole oh, story. I, I don't think oh. I did. Yeah. So that yeah. that's I love that. And it's so funny that you're talking about um, following the ping because that's the episode that's airing today. Awesome. Is, yeah, is so about cool. just that. Um, yeah. So, okay. So now fast forward, right? Yeah. So when you say um, that, that, you know, you, you've kind of, you've kind of, made this sort of agreement kind of thing about, Hey, you, you got to choose for you. I got to choose for me, which ultimately means we're choosing for each other in the grand scheme of things. Um, but how do you, how do you do that without making it like there are rules? Does that question yeah. make sense? Yeah, because because a lot of people, what I see is a lot of people 
they have rules like you were saying, or they have a scorecard. Well, it's like yeah. I did the, it's like that yeah. tick the box thing. So yeah. how, how do you have this, like, how do you allow the other person? There's, there's like, like a lot here. So I may be asking too many questions. So no, what do you get? Yeah, no, it, it all kind of goes together. It's kind of like, how do you allow them the space to choose what they need to choose for themselves? And as, and I mean, that's one of the ways of your mm-hmm. question. There's a lot there, but so um, let me say this too, is there is a vulnerability with it. That is when you have say, maybe even a little girl fantasy desired some sort of a thing that you didn't see anywhere, but you still hoped it existed. And then you did marriage a couple of times and it certainly didn't exist. And then you landed something that you wake up and go, well, exist and this is awesome and this is wonderful the very first thing you want to do is go lock it in make sure this stays oh my god this exists now i must keep it i must control it it must be mine and the moment that you do that is the moment that it just begins to die and destruction it's inevitable because i mean you just look at nature you look at everything morphs everything changes everything so to me there has to be within the individual a fundamental i will have my back Mm. while having your back Mm. so what that means is i do give you total freedom and choice to choose whatever's going to work for you. And if it ever doesn't work for me, I'm going to have my back in that, whatever that looks like. Mm. And, and that is, um, that is not a one and done thing either. Cause it's, it's, it's so, I would say it's so ongoing. Cause I noticed that the more your care and your admiration increases, the more that same, oh, I want to keep this getting better. We gotta make sure this stays there. And they're like, no, no, that kills it. That kills it. Okay. It's sort of just pause, deep breath, gratitude for the person and gratitude for me. They get to choose and I get to choose. And I get to be aware of how their choices are impacting me. And then I can be with that in whatever way is going to work for me too. It is a um an exploration. It's an ongoing choice to vulnerability, an ongoing choice to having your back. And um, yeah, I, yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a muscle too. It, it, it I mean, it's yeah. like, because we are, I mean, if you kind of hate the lighting today, <laughs> if you do a lot of, if you, if you watch a lot of TV shows or movies and all of the things like we are so trained to go into that. I don't want to lose that, that whole thing. So it's really, um, like you said, making a choice, making a demand to navigate differently in a relationship. And, and what's interesting about it and what seems to be, from my point of view, at least unique for you and Bill is that it takes two people then to do that. Yes. Do you think that that is kind of a rare thing to find two people willing to 
um, be in a relationship in that way? That is an awesome question. And I would say based on the number of maybe healthy, successful, whatever working dynamic relationships, perhaps. And I also think we're not really, we're, everything we're taught about relationships is so opposite of this, that it's not necessarily that it, there wouldn't be enough of two people. I think a lot of people are missing information of a different possibility or tools of a different possibility or the actually the recognition that, no, no, don't give you up. I mean, that's so counter to what we're taught. So I see it as rare. I do, maybe this is my Pollyanna optimism, but I do wonder if there wouldn't be a lot more of it if the narrative changed from what it has been to a narrative of choice and possibility and honoring and including you and choosing for you first. And you don't actually have to sacrifice you. And if that became the narrative or even letting go of the narrative of that relationship is supposed to be forever, that dooms so many people of relationships because something can be wonderful for a long time and then it's just run its course. And yeah. what do we do in societies when that happens? Well, whose fault is it? What went wrong? Who screwed it up? Who's to blame? And then the friends want to know whose side they're on. Can we change that narrative too, please? Because that narrative just leads to, and who said, I mean, Jesus, people change, things change, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, I do. So I, again, a long answer to your question. And I, but I get if we change the narrative and gave people the tools, more, more awesome relationships would be possible because I think many of us do desire and long for something, but we just haven't really known how to get there or even, even had a clue that it existed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, another, another piece to relationship that's popping right now that um, I see so often is, is making everything personal. Yes. In yes. a relation, like that's another piece. There are so many pieces, like like we're talking about the the holding on to the control, the judgment, the um, but the the taking something personally, especially when you're first. So when you guys are when you're first starting to get to know one another, that seems to be when the taking it personally can really be in your face. Like if somebody didn't call or they didn't do this or, or, or whatever. So do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yes. I would say whatever it takes for you as an individual to get to having zero expectations, zero, 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 zero. And you mentioned a muscle to build. That is a muscle to build. I mean, we've got the fairy tales from the time we come in and we've got the Disney and the Hallmark movies and we've, you know, we've got how it's supposed to look like and what's the appropriate whatever. So we come in and we're given all of these things of how it's supposed to look. And it's so interesting to me how we can be so committed to the picture perfect relationship as we've been sold, what it's supposed to be. Where anytime reality doesn't match up against it, then we just keep fighting to make the reality match up against it instead of letting go of the picture. It's like, what about burn the painting and create your own? Yeah, and, totally. you know, just, yeah. 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 Well, because when you really look at it, 
when you really, when you really look at that happily ever after thing or, um, and you, when you, when you're really willing to look at it, you can see that it isn't, it isn't real. Like it's impossible for it to be real. It's, it's, it doesn't, it can't exist because we're all different and we are always changing. I mean, and and we're on, I I, I think a general kind of rule of thumb is 80% of the time we're pretty on. And we're also human beings who 20% of the time, maybe some months, a little more, we're not, we're just not. So if there's expectations of something, everybody's going to be disappointed. And then when everybody's disappointed, we have to figure out who screwed it up and whose fault it is. We're back to that again. Then the blame game, then the scorecard, then the tit for tat, then the resentment. And then it just builds and builds. And then we try to keep it going. But it was all based on a fantasy of expectations that do not actually exist because perfection is not real. It's It's not real. real. It's not real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, uh, uh, there was something that you just said, um, um, and it was so, okay. So it's in really, um, I don't what, cause I want to talk also more about how, wh- what you and Bill do do specifics kind of. Yeah. Do, okay. But the other piece here, um, that I'd love to hear your thoughts on is how much we are and get into our heads about how something is supposed to progress, whether yeah. we're dating, whether we're uh, in a marriage, all of yeah. the things where it's it's really like the shoulds and the shouldn'ts and the supposed tos and all of that stuff. Yeah, total death sentence, really. All of that stuff is, and it's it's um, it's like the pathway of relationships that have been laid out for us. And so this takes, I know I started off with being happy with yourself and being content with yourself, really important. Having your own back, really important, but also trusting you enough and having your back enough that even if what you're choosing in relationship doesn't look like anybody else and nobody understands it and nobody gets it, that you will allow yourself to have it no matter what. I mean, I remember reading an article back in the day of of some, it was an older couple. She had a son that was a teenager or something and they'd been dating for a while and her kids were around at Christmas and he pops a ring and says, will you marry me? And her first response was, oh, dear God, that doesn't mean we have to live together, does it? And, <laughs> and he laughed and said, oh, I never thought we would. So people hear that, though, and they just want to, you know, he just wants his own place so he can screw around. He doesn't want to be committed. So he wants, you know, people go into their version of why anyone would choose that. What if they chose that because they need their own space at night? They're older people that have lived by themselves for a long time. And what if it keeps it spicy and sizzly for them that every time they get together, it's a date. They don't actually live in the same space. That's one example, but it's the willingness to 
throw out absolutely everything everybody has told you this is the way it's supposed to look and to go, what is going to work for me? What's going to work for you? And is there a way we can bring that together? Mm, I love that. Because so much of what we're talking about is that when you're, when you can allow the other person to um, be themselves, to have invite their vulnerability in so that they're willing to share and talk to you about what it is that they might like or what isn't working or what is working. Yeah. There's a, there's just such a different energy in the relationship. There's such a kindness there um, that goes along with that for yourself and for the other person and for the relationship in general. Um, And so with that, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Well, there, yeah, I, what I would say to that is uh, kind of going back to the expectations. Yes, the vulnerability and all that kind of thing. The thing that we desire, the vulnerability, the what we might call intimacy, the closeness that I can share anything with you and you can share anything with me. We desire it, but are we willing to build the muscle that allows us to create the environment where we can have that? Because what does that require? If for me, it requires that I don't, and, and Bill does this with me as well. I am not a source for him and he is not a source for me. I am 100% responsible to fill my tank. I'm 100% responsible to pull in whatever it is I desire and require for life. That is my job and my, not, not even job, my, my pleasure, my adventure, my excitement. And when I do that, And I have a vast universe in which to pull all of that from. When I show up that way, there is no need of, so I don't have to expect anything. And then vice versa. I'm saying this from my perspective because I'm talking, but Bill does this very much with me as well. He chooses what works for him. He fills his tank. He shows up full on 100%. Does that mean that we won't have times where we're in that 20%? where we're being the human fuck up for the day and we have stuff going on. Yeah, absolutely. And what I have found interesting enough, we don't tend to land there in the same, at the same time. And it's, it's interesting that when that's your primary way is not having the expectations when some that creates such an honor and gratitude that when somebody does say, I could really use some help with this today. You're like, I am in, what can I, what can I do for you? What can I contribute to you? I, it, it's a, it's a joy, but what allows it to be the joy is that you do sort of the work of my happiness is my responsibility. Having my back is my responsibility. Filling my tank is my responsibility, not expecting or trying, not expecting from this person or trying to control them. That's my, that's my responsibility. Mm. So do you guys have parameters or I hate the word rules? So I wouldn't use the word rules, but do you have, is, is there an agreed upon way that you, if, if you do disagree or there's an argument, like, do you have things set up or is it just sort of this flow between you that? I don't think we have 
rules. I, it's funny. I'm thinking I'm when I'm thinking of the rules, I'm thinking of kids and how with kids you can't, if you have too many, it's, it just puts this sort of damper. So I would say we have, we have agreements and, but they're not even as I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking this as you asked the question, cause we've never had a conversation about well, what are, do we have some core agreements that are whatever, like we haven't talked about that specifically in those terms. I know for he and I, um, him being my person and, and me being his person, an open relationship wouldn't work for us. I, that's not, some people can do that. Some people choose that. That's something for both of us. We are on the same page with, we like each other. And if ever that changes where you're looking somewhere else, or I would be looking somewhere else, then there's something else we need to be addressing or looking at because that's not how we're wired. And so then it would be another conversation. So I would say that's an agreement. Um, Honesty is, and not from the tell the truth, don't lie to me thing, but just there's such a space of it's okay to be vulnerable and anything can be said. So honesty is a very high priority, I would say, for both of us to, hey, even if it's something neither, neither one of us would rather hear, we're going to tell the truth about it. And... Um, yeah, I, I I would also, <laughs> it's funny, I was going to say the, another agreement. We don't keep secrets from each other, but we couldn't, we like, I will think a thing and he says the thing and he thinks the thing and I say the thing and they're like, well, good luck if we wanted to hide from me. Not that we try, but it wouldn't work. So, <laughs> so there's that. Does that answer your question? question. Yeah, 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 it does. Yep. But it I does. would say beyond there, and that doesn't mean that you can't have agreement because we're also later in life where when you're younger and you've got kids and, and there's maybe more money stress or there's more things, there's some pragmatics. If you're going to have a person, there are some pragmatics of, Hey, you know, what's, what's the, what's the money situation? What's our arrangement? Do we, do we keep things separate? Do we put them together? Are you required to do a certain amount of time and me required to do a certain amount of time? Do you do the kids and I do the kids or we, do we share it? Do we split it? Do we, there's always, there's pragmatics in life. That's so what's not to, it's, um, how do I say? There's pragmatics that it's good to be clear on what is. And I would say never from it's set in stone, always able to be looked at again and discussed again. If something off, hey, this works, now it doesn't work. I think that's the other thing, never lock it in stone. Um, and fundamentally, what I would go back to is if you have the, if you cultivate the environment of honor, trust, gratitude, space with each other by giving it to yourself first, then all of those things are no longer like this big mountain to climb. They're simply life things that you navigate your way through. And mm -hmm. we don't always, you know, Bill's first response to certain things, like say we're dealing with an ex, we've had a lot, we had a thing come up with that recently, dealing with something with my ex, or we're dealing with something with kids or whatever. We, we are very similar in a lot of ways, but we, his first response is more usually hard line with something and mine is, oh, everything's fine. Be safe with everything. Everything's easy, you know, and a little too much sometimes. So we bring in both of those though. And and bring in his his first response and my first response. And then we actually have had some conversations about 
how he's been different with his kid kids because he's brought in more of my ease and not so confrontational with things, not confrontational at all. And I brought in some of his more clarity of communication and just no bullshit, no fluff. Here it is. Mm. And so there's, there's a way of when it's not a right way or wrong way, then I can pull in what he has that is a gift while keeping what I have also. And they blend. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. That totally makes sense. I love it. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, I just would say if anybody's listening to this, I get how, especially if you've had shitty relationships or you're in one right now, that's less than what you'd like it to be, or you want one, but you can't seem to find one or whatever the, whatever the situation might be, it can seem like a really ominous topic. And as I'm sitting here, I just, I want to say this because as I'm sitting here talking about a relationship that really works, talking years of thinking this was the area in my life I was never going to understand or be able to navigate at all. And so if you're listening, going, yeah, that sounds too fairy tale, Pollyanna. I don't know how the hell I'd ever get there. I mean, I'm, I was trying to, how many years I was married? 14 and then 10, and I don't know, like 25 or 30 years of not awesome. You know, not that that's too soft away. <laughs> pretty excruciating. And, but there has to be, you have to be open. Yes. To... Which is what occurred in the car that day. Yes. When I said, oh, instead of concluding no, never again, I would be willing. Yeah. And then, and then for, for the, the person, the way in which, um, like, in other words, you, you have to, you have to be open. You have to be willing. You have to sort of, I love, there's a, there's an, there's a, 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 phrase that that says um you know initiation is creation yeah you know you 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 if you're like stuck in your room if you're not leaving your house if you're you have to be willing to do some different things don't you think i absolutely do and i think you have to be willing to risk getting it wrong you have to be willing to 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 kind of go out there again and choose again You've got to be willing to get it quote unquote wrong Mm. and not judge it. I know somebody who um, had been divorced, remarried, thought that everything was just spectacular and wonderful. And it turned out to not be so. And she ended up walking away from that. And in a conversation, I said to her, hey, here's the thing. When you make a choice, any choice, as long as you don't judge it, no matter what the outcome of it, as long as you don't judge it, it can facilitate you into something greater. But the moment you judge the choice or judge you, it's what you just said. You go to the closet, you stop playing, you stop engaging, you shut off. Having the awareness of what could move you through whatever that was into something else, into something, something greater. Mm. So willing to risk. And then when you make a choice and you didn't like how it turned out, 
don't judge you or it. What can it, what's the gift underneath it? What's it actually inviting you to? And I, with that kind of circling back around, if you look to anyone else to fulfill something, you will always be disappointed. And you know how people often repeat, the, and I, I think we've all done this, you pick the same person in a different body. So the relationship ends and then you jump into the next one and you're like, oh, that's the same person. And then you, that one ends and you're like, oh, that's the same person. Guess who the common denominator in all of those same person relationships are? Mm, not you, is it? <laughs> okay. And that's not about judging yourself and beating yourself up. That's rather if you look at that and go, oh, if it's me that keeps choosing the same thing, then it's me who can be empowered to change it and have something different if I'm willing to go, huh, what do I love about this kind of a person or this much drama or this kind of relationship? Do I love that it, I like a relationship that's awesome in the beginning and then I love it to go up in flames because it makes me feel alive? Maybe, <laughs> and, you know, and we would lie about that while we're telling our sad story, but tell the truth to yourself. What do you love about it? What is it? What is it that um, if you would look at and and maybe uh, choose something different with would allow you to have something different? Okay, so there's one other question that I have, and I'm, I just got to do this. Okay, uh, there, that's what I needed to do. <laughs> hey, I didn't I like, like my that. choice. Okay. I, I, I didn't like, like that. I, I did. I, I did. <laughs> okay, so... Um, in what you were just talking about, don't you think that relation there's there should be some sort of ease that comes with a relationship? So can you talk about and maybe address for people out there who are trying to make it work, trying to do it, trying, 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 trying? Can you talk about that? Yeah. And the ease. Yes. So the first thing I would say is commit that you are willing to have ease in your life for you and having ease in your life when people, so that's, that's kind of the first thing, but that doesn't mean I'm committing to being willing to have ease. So now I must get this person or this relationship to change so that I can have ease. Mm. what it means is I'm committing to me that I'm going to have ease and I'm going to follow ease and I'm going to choose ease. And if I'm in the place that I really would like this relationship or this person to work cool. And I'm going to make my ease a priority no matter what. And I, I think, and that, I, and I also would just caution people when we go on the relationship topic, people always go with whatever's up in their world and they immediately think they have to make a choice to stay or to go. I would say, don't get in that because it's not ever, if you're ever in the, should I stay? Should I go? Should I stay? Should I go? Should I stay? Should I go? There's no, there's no peace there. And when there's no peace, there's no clarity. And that's not, ask a better question. Ask a greater question. Ask a, ask a question that will actually allow you to have clarity that will allow you to change that will allow you to have joy in the midst of things that will allow you to have ease. And I will say I was in with my second marriage, stay, leave, stay, leave, stay, leave for a while, driving myself crazy. And then I just went, you know what, I'm going to choose happy for me. I'm going to choose happy for me. And 
so quickly, it blew up. And not because I had to make the active choice to stay or leave. The, the, what came out of that was you just keep getting happier and happier. And I don't really like being around you when you're so happy. Oh, there we go. <laughs> There's the answer to that one. So, so make it about your ease. And it's, again, it's such an easy trap to fall into with relationship because a relationship is you and another person. So if that other person would just stop doing the shit that they're doing, or if they'd start doing the things you want them to do, then everything would be fine. But it's not actually about that. Because even if you get them to do it for a minute, you've got to control it and keep them doing it or you spiral down. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> to choose for you, and I'm going to say without them, doesn't mean you're excluding them, but you're not making it about them, mm. your personal ease, joy, contentment. That's yours. Whether they, whatever they choose, whatever they choose. Okay. So, so now, um, okay. So can you, okay. So with Bill, okay. If there's something that he does that drives you crazy, there might not be anything, but if there's something he does that drives you crazy or so talking about it from your own personal relationship and then also maybe giving listeners some tips about this need that we somehow feel we are obligated to change people and I'll add this in there too especially if there are people that we're in relationship with and we see that they're choosing something that we we actually might know isn't a great choice for them. Right. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with that one. Uh, when we fall down, if we're, if we have a, like we're stepping over a, a door threshold and there's a little ledge and we didn't realize the ledge was there. And so we trip on it and we fall probably we're not going to do that again because we now have the awareness. Oh, there's a little threshold on that doorway. So I know it because I fell on my face. So I would say how much, um, can you just be with your person and allow them to have their awareness from whatever they're choosing? And, and a lot of it is giving up the need to be right or to make someone else wrong. And that's another thing in society and culture that's pretty ingrained with um, relationships. I was listening to a podcast with Lex Friedman and um, James Sexton, who's a divorce attorney, like a four hour conversation on relationships. There was actually some really interesting things in there. I would, I would uh, recommend it, but he was talking about how even the, in, in movies, in the media, it's the kind of just the accepted of the woman rolling her eyes at her idiotic husband or boyfriend and, and, you know, and them jabbing each other all the time. And, and he starts off the podcast with, no, no, your person and you like, no, no, you know what? I will never talk smack about my person to anyone else. We're thick as thieves. We are in this together. We have each other's back so solidly 
And even if there's something, whatever, I wasn't quite sure about, I'm going to talk about it with you, not to anybody else, because this is, this is, we are, we are this. And I freaking love that. And you can only have that though, if you give it to you first, Mm -hmm. when you give it to you first and you can be that with another. And um, I now I kind of like went a long ways around from your question. So uh, be an allowance of whatever they choose, let them have their own awareness for it. Um, But yeah, having that bond and having their, having their back so dynamically. And, yeah. Yeah. Cause don't you, don't you um think that <clears throat> for some reason we, this whole like notion of perfectionism and having to put on a show and be perfect and, you yes. know, don't let anybody know that we're having another argument or just all of these things that aren't even real and true because they're it's pretend. Um, what is it about what is it about us that we've come to this place where we are so sort of fear-based about letting people make a mistake? even like letting people fall down, letting people make a mistake, letting somebody learn from the gift of their choice as to then what is going to transpire so that they can not choose it again or be catapulted into something different. Like, why do you think that we have made um, these things that we call like negative, which aren't even negative, so bad in our world? I think there's a lot of components to that. I think some of it is our world is really, really based on right and wrong. What others have decided is right and wrong. And we have decided that wrong choices will really destroy people rather than quote unquote wrong choices will give people awareness that they wouldn't have had if they didn't make that choice. And I think that's a very different perspective. And Sarah Grandinetti does a lot of things on parenting. She has like a monthly parenting possibilities um, subscription program that she does. And she's, she's a brilliant uh, facilitator of parenting things. But she said a couple of times, you know, pretty much my point of view with my kids, unless it's going to um, kill them or completely derail their lives, I let them choose it. And, but then the, the side note to that is, and then allow them to have the awareness, not intervene with the consequences. And I know we just, you know, switched from partners to kids, but I think there's a similar thing of, hey, this isn't what I would choose, but it's your life. And you apparently need to make this choice. If you make it, apparently you need to make it. And even if the reason you need to make it is because you're going to have awareness, you would have got not gotten any other way than you need to make it. Mm-hmm. So who who am I to say I know what's better for you than you know for you? Mm. And that is not what we're taught either. There's those who know and those who tell those of us who don't know what we're supposed to do and what we're supposed to know. And what if that's not true? What if we actually do all know for ourselves? And if we allow others to choose, then they find their own way. And there is, I think it's a giving up of the right and wrong way. I think it's allowing people to experience whatever their choices bring their way. And um, yeah, there was a third thing that I was going to say that I forgot. It's gone. Okay. (laughs) 
So um, this is this is a personal question. Um, So with Bill and you, um, are there plans for you guys to get married or what conversations have you had around that? Yes. So there there's not. And when um, in our earlier days, I mean, we do live in the same house. I actually moved to Maryland and um, I even wear a ring because that was something we talked about. And I was like, yeah. So he has a ring, I have a ring, and we are not legally married and we're not going to get married. Um, when when we first talked about it, he was of the persuasion that that's what we should do. And I said, well, let can I offer a different perspective? And, and you know, basically, um, not that it's a right or wrong, but for me personally, I don't need that. I don't need a legal document. I don't need any or anybody to validate it what is is and I don't need anything to say otherwise and I also for me and this might not be true for everyone there was a bit of that sort of low so now it's on autopilot and Mm. this is another thing James says in the podcast with Lex and I'm probably not going to say this exactly but basically when the relationship becomes the default rather than a choice Mm. freaking love that line because whether it's you're engaged or whether it's, well, we're exclusive now as we're dating or now we're getting married, whenever you make it the default rather than a choice, kiss of death. Yeah. And, and, and it defines it more. Don't you it, think? Well, yes. like, yes. yeah, it, it, it yeah. yes, it can suck the magic, right? It's interesting how many people I can think of in my life through the years who lived together for like a decade and all of a sudden they were like we're gonna get married and then two years later they're divorced yes i mean is that not true (laughs) the story repeats right over and over again the story repeats and i do i wonder if some of that is oh now it's the tick the box now it's the autopilot it's the default it's not the choice i also think and this might be a little weird to some but I, I think that the institution of marriage, you know, when something gets established at a certain time in history and then it's carried on, there's so many definitions of what it means and what it's supposed to look like and the roles of it and the judgment of it and the rightness of it. And I somehow think when something has existed in our societies and cultures for a long time, and then you sign on to that institution, it comes with all of that stuff. So even if you're smart enough, aware enough, whatever, to know that, and you have something very different in your relationship, and I'm not saying if you're married and it's working for you, wonderful. If you're not married and it's going to work for you, choose it. Um, This is not a replace whatever. It's always about what works for you. And I do wonder if you have more energetics to contend with that comes with a long line of history and everything that that means. That's, there's a lot there. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause then you, you can, I mean, I just, my whole brain went and I just was thinking about all of these different, not just with marriage, but even, yeah, becoming a certain profession and and, becoming a parent, becoming a a parent, becoming a doctor. Yeah. All, all, all that comes. Almost like, you get this long document of covenants and 
oaths and things that you're swearing to and you're binding yourself to because this is, you know, what history has been built on. It's an institution. It's a yeah. yeah. And, you know, I was married um, too. And the day that I was getting married, I said to my sister, I can't believe I'm doing this. And mm-hmm. it wasn't because I at the time wasn't in love with the person I was with or whatever, but I had known that I did not want to get married. Like just, and it wasn't, it was just my insides. Yeah. Just, I knew that it was not for me. Kind of like I knew in this lifetime, I was never going to have kids and I did it, which was my choice. And I own my choice. Um, but I did it for that other person because they wanted it so badly. And, you know, I'm divorced now, (laughs) you know, Bill Bill always says everything's easy when you know how, (laughs) and it's kind of like that. So get it. (laughs) You know, it's, it's such an interesting, it's such an interesting topic. And, um, and yeah, what would it, you know, what, what would it be like if folks were oh, just willing, like you said, to be a little bit more vulnerable, just like relax a little bit into whatever's going on in your world with relationships, or if you're looking to have a relationship and, 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 um, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big thing to shift in our world. It is. And look at how much of guaranteeing the control of society as we know it rests on exactly the topic of relationship. Because as soon as you get into it and then you fall, it's that same sort of thing. There comes the lineage and all that it means. And then you fall into the role and then everybody starts giving themselves up. And, and I mean, then we can take it to parenting. I mean, how many women, the only way according to society rules, they're actually allowed to create. And I know we live in 2023. I know things have changed and women work and we're not in the 1800s anymore. I understand that. And there is still a little thread that likes to come through that women's primary creation role is having babies. And so how many of us, and I put myself in the us, that was where I was allowed to create, but not really too much beyond that until I went, wait a minute, I'm actually not just here to be a creator of other human beings. I'm here to create whatever else I would like to create. There's so many things that weave into it. Yeah. And just before we, before we, um, close this out, then on the opposite side for me, who knew since I was little, that kids weren't going to be a part of my world, having babies, that choice, knowing I didn't want to get married, knowing I didn't want to have kids was so much judgment. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's like, it's like, you can't win on either side. Exactly. Yeah. It's this. And then throw in women who want to have children or they think they do and they can't. 
and then what that all is and what that brings up, it's pretty interesting how all of these structures that we're so committed to keep us stuck in a lot of suffering and a lot of perpetuating um, a world of judgment that doesn't actually create greater for everyone. And I fully believe that there is a different possibility. Yes. I believe that different possibility is when one by one, a Michelle shows up and says, I do not desire to have children and I'm going to honor that choice, no matter who says what about it. Or when Amarni says, you know what, I'm going to be willing to receive this, even though I thought I was really done with this. I'm going to be willing to have something different. And anytime any one of us on the planet go, yeah, I'm aware of all the structures and the rules and I'm going to go in a different direction, not by fighting against it, simply by choosing what works for me. Yeah, that we're going to end it right there because that was beautifully set. Otherwise, I'll, we'll just keep going and going and going. Still in the space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We like each other. We like to talk. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Marnie, thank you. Thank um, you, Michelle. Thank you're, you well, you're welcome. And um, we'll put links um, to tomorrow. I mean, do you, so do you want to say a little bit about anything at all or I don't know. <laughs> I, I would actually, I would Please. throw one more thing in there. Just, um, yeah. there's a movie called 50 first dates and my, if you don't know, it's going to be a bit of a spoiler. So stop listening if you don't want to know. So it is an old movie though. So you might've seen it, but basically the main character drew Barrymore, um, gets in a car accident and she, every night when she goes to sleep, she loses her memory. So every morning she starts off with no memory, not knowing who she is. And the favorite, my most favorite scene in that movie is at the very end. And she's sleeping in um, like a houseboat kind of thing or yacht or something. She's in the, you know, down underneath in, in the bed. She wakes up. This There's a video recorder on the nightstand with a VHS tape that says, watch me or watch this before you come up something. So she puts it in. And it's the, it's her husband saying, hi, good morning. And this is your daughter. And because she doesn't remember it. And so she watches it and she's sitting there in awe of her husband and her daughter. And she's watching them for the first time, even though it's not the first time, it's the first time. And then she goes up and the little daughter is there. She's like three or something. And she kneels down. She just looks at her face. Hey. It's you're so beautiful. And it's the first time she's ever seen her. And if we did that with every person, there'd be no judgment, no carryover from yesterday, no expectations of where you failed. Just, oh my God, you are so beautiful. You are right here, right in front of me. And this is the very first time I'm seeing you day one. How much Mm. fun can we have? What's possible? Mm. I love that. And mm. I will have more of that. Yes, I will have more of that too. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, all right, folks. Well, that wraps it up. And uh, we'll put links to Marnie's whereabouts in the description. And um, yeah, thank you, Marnie, for this for this conversation. And uh Look forward to seeing what shows up uh, next time on another take.
Bye. Bye.